Hey everyone, Tessa Stuckey here with For the Sake of Our Youth. I just want to take a quick second to thank you for listening and joining me on this journey. This is a really scary world that we live in and being a parent is without a doubt the hardest job in the world. I am a mom of four, I'm a therapist, and now I'm an author. I'm so excited to announce that my book, For the Sake of Our Youth, was recently published in April. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. As a therapist, I get this amazing advantage to hear what's going on in today's world for our youth, and I just can't be quiet about it, to understand what's going on in today's culture and how it's affecting our kids' emotions. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not looking good. I have always said that I could talk about this forever, so much so that I could write a book about it. So I wrote the book about it, but I'm not done talking. So here we go. Ooh, also, sorry. If you're liking what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe so that you get updated whenever there's a new episode that comes out. Maybe even leave a review. That would help other parents find this podcast easier. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at the mom therapist. For more information, go to that's with an ey.com. Hi, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here. Yes, thank you so much. So Trudy, I you sent me so many books and one by one I sat with my oldest son and some a little bit with my middle son and some a little bit with my five-year-old twins. But mostly my oldest son was more um, interested and you know, he's nine and he's in the third grade. So I think a lot more resonated with him. Right. And um, one day he said, just like maybe last week at some point, he said, mom, this author, there's some sort of like theme with all of her books. And I was like, yeah, buddy, I, I think there might be. What do you think it is? And he was like, well, I think she wants us all to be really nice to one another and not be bullies. And I was like, oh, I think you're right. So I, I was really proud of him for like kind of putting that all together, you know, and it, you know, turned into a really productive conversation that she, that was what I really loved about your book was that everything turned into a productive conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much my five-year-olds, but my nine and seven-year-old, they were like, yeah, like there's a kid at school that does that, you know, and we were able to make it relatable. So I kind of want to go back to the beginning with you, what kind of started this journey of a theme of wonderful children's books on bullying and kindness? Uh, Well, it started back um, when my daughter was in elementary school and she had a bunch of friends that she knew from since kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we live in a leave it to beaver beaver kind of a neighborhood. Okay. Um, Literally, um, my house, there's the crosswalk to go to the school. The school is in my backyard practically. How funny. And uh, so um, she had this group of friends that she's known. They play rec soccer together. They'd have sleepovers and birthday parties together. And off and on, there were this tension that was going on among the girls. Mm -hmm. And it imploded the first week of second grade. And uh, a parent had told me that her husband had seen something going down on the playground. And 
wanted to give me a heads up. And then sure enough, I got a call from my daughter's teacher that something went down. And, oh, and that's no. when I learned that, um, you know, this relational aggression is using relationships to manipulate and hurt others. And that was what was going on um, with the gossiping and spreading rumors, inclusion and exclusion. And mm. it just imploded. And um, my daughter was really upset. And so um, when I heard this, my first instinct as a parent, you know, our claws come out because we're like <laughs> mama you know, bear. bears, mama bears with mm-hmm. our claws. Mm-hmm. And because um, the question that kept going through my head was, what do you do when the kids who are bullying your kids are her so-called friends and you're friends with the kids' parents? Sure. Yes. Um, That's so, very complicated and dicey and sensitive. Right. And so um, I went into research mode. And at that time, years ago, this was years ago, um, Rachel Simmons came out with the book Odd Girl Out, which was okay. uh, hit hit the stands. People went crazy over that book. She was on the talk, uh, TV circuit with that book. And um, when I read that book, then I found out she was coming to Portland, Oregon, where I'm based, uh, to give a talk. And I went to hear her talk after I read the book. And I remember a parent in the audience saying, you know, what do you do when it's, you know, my son who's in elementary school? Because a lot of the focus was on tweens or or teenagers. Gotcha. Um, But this is evident as early as preschool. Yes. Rachel didn't have an answer, you know, it was literally silence in the audience. And that's when I thought in my head, I need to write a story. I need to find the answer. Yeah. And and I really needed to address it at a younger age so that it won't be silent by middle school and high school. Yeah. Yes. So um, that's what I did. I, um, I had this character talking to me in my head. My stories usually come to me in the form of a title. It serves as an anchor for me. Yes. Um, before I can write the story. And um, I wrote the first draft very quickly. I went to the organization that hosted and sponsored Rachel Simmons at the talk. She fell in love with the story, shared it with um, then the Philia Project and Rachel Simmons was on the board. And one thing led to another. And I did numerous drafts after that. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't that fast. (laughs) Um, And I found a publisher and it just, um, it took off. Um, took off it, from there. Right. And my big thing is, is I wanted to show kids, um, you know, what makes a friendship healthy and unhealthy. And um, I think happy endings are also letting go of unhealthy friendships, um, yep. especially um, for girls who put up with abusive friends. Yeah. Um, and I worry that if they keep that up, that later in life, they'll gravitate to uh, abusive romantic partners later in life. Yeah, that's what I, that's really what I was taking from all of it is that this is really great for kids, especially girls. I feel like girls, I feel like girl groups, girlfriends are much more manipulative and emotion um, stirring, (laughs) dramatic, if you will. Um, And boys, I don't feel like they have this as much, not that this doesn't happen for them, but Um, And so my, one of my big takeaways, because I work with teenagers and a lot of teenage girls is, oh my gosh, like, this is great for little kids to be learning about now, because it will really save them from heartache later on. Well, and the other thing I I wanted to point out, I, I, I had the opportunity when I was um, 
writing this book, I ended up volunteering for that organization that hosted Rachel Simmons. Oh, nice. And um, so uh, we were putting one of the earliest relational aggression conferences together uh -huh. with researchers in this area. So I got to know the researchers over the years, as well as um, uh, researchers of the International Bullying Prevention Association and the board members. Um, so I collaborate with those researchers to make sure that my message is appropriate, the information yeah. I'm providing. Um, but what I wanted to share too, which was really interesting, is I try to stay on top of what the latest research is. And what they're finding is relational aggression um, is just as common with boys as okay. it is with girls. Yeah. Um, however, here's the difference, okay? Um, um, boys are victimized just as much as girls, but girls tend to be more traumatized by relational aggression than boys. Okay, yeah. Um, so girls, when they target gr uh, girls, they also can target boys. It's just that boys sure. look like deer caught in headlights when it's <laughs> at, at an early age, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, it is common. Um, in fact, um, the most predominant form of bullying in the workplace is relational aggression. Yeah, and I believe that. And I guess my mindset with that, with me feeling like it happens more with girls is one, I am a girl who experienced a lot of that. Right. Two, um, working with teenage girls more than teenage boys. I hear that. But when I do work with teenage boys, they don't bring up stuff like that, right? Or at least they're not as bothered by it in the long run. The girls seem to be like really holding on to what happened to them in the second grade or fourth grade or right. fifth grade, you know? And like, when I, t when I ask them questions, like, tell me about your social life they go all the way back to kindergarten to tell me the journey and their story. And they're like in the 10th grade. And I'm like, okay, so all of that is really important to you to share with me. Boys don't typically do that. And so I think you're, what you're saying, that's what you're saying is they're not as traumatized as the right. girls are. They aren't. And also um, girls are much more emotionally expressive. I mean, that's yeah. what the research shows. And yeah. they're, they're culturally trained to be sure. more, um, emotionally yep. expressive. We give them much more extensive emotional sure. vocabulary than boys. Yeah, there's not as much space for boys. To right. Do that. And we're doing a disservice to the boys because we only allow socially acceptable forms of expression for boys, anger, you know, yep. stoicism or um, aggression, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that also bottles them up because girls tend to externalize their feelings yep. and boys tend to, you know, internalize. internalize. Have you seen the movie, The Mask We Live In? Uh, no, I haven't. It's on, I don't know what it's on, but it's all about boys and men and how the only emotion they're allowed to show is anger and aggression. And it's so good. And they, it's a documentary and they, um, they interview football players, football coaches, um, prisoners, all sorts of people. And, and they all real, um, recall the first time someone told them like, don't, don't be a baby, like toughen up. And they're all like five and six years old when they recall that happening for the first time. Anyways, it's a good documentary if you have the chance to. Oh, it watch sounds it. wonderful. It's, yeah. it reminds me when you were saying about the masks they wear, yeah. um, uh, Michael Thompson's book, you know, that he, uh -huh. uh, uh, Raising Cain, you know, that, yeah. that talked a lot about uh, boys wearing masks. Yes. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a fascinating thing. And I think it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting because I also hear from boys about, mm -hmm. you know, some of the books that I wrote, uh, the first book, My Secret Bully, that's what I ended up writing, um, you know, after what my daughter went through. It's, right. not, it's not her story. It's any kid's story. I write mostly yes. realistic fiction. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to 
uh, bring to the table when you when you're aware of this you can't use ignorance as an excuse anymore yeah. you know yeah um, when you're seeing these things happen yeah and um, I wanted the kids to understand that they're not the only ones that go through this you know sure. um, I get just as many letters from adults as I do from kids with really um, oh I love that it triggers you know it yeah. triggers um, stories. I've had 90 year old women share stories about their best friend that done them wrong many years yes. ago. Yeah. You know, we, we carry that in our hearts for quite a long yep. time. We do. Yes. And I think that it, it takes a long time for individuals to recognize, oh, this is unhealthy. You know, this is a toxic friendship or this is emotional abuse. And whether it's the person's intention or not, at some point, there is that manipulation going on and, and it takes, it usually takes the person who is being bullied to go, okay, not anymore and walk away. And that's really the only way to cut it off. So, okay. So you wrote my secret bully and then you wrote confessions of a bully. Oh, confessions of a former bully of a former bully in between. I did write just kidding. And okay. uh, Because I, 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 I saw how kids use that term so much, just yes. kidding, JK. And, yes. how, um, and when I travel around the country presenting at schools, um, I ask kids, because I present not only in elementary, but also middle schools. And I ask kids, okay, how many of you had said something funny and hurtful? And then they hide behind the words, JK, just kidding. Yeah. And then three quarters of the hands go up. <laughs> and then I ask them, keep your hands up. If at you least they can admit it. Yes. <laughs> Keep your hands up if you believe that kid was just kidding. And then three quarters of the hands go down. Mm-hmm. And I say, look, I want you to look around because you know, and I know most kids, they hide behind those words because they don't want to take yeah. responsibility. Yeah. And the girl's equivalent and women's equivalent is no offense, but, and you can be sure what they're going to say. It's going to be really <laughs> offensive. No offense, <laughs> but. Yes, no offense, but. Um, so then um, in between when I was presenting, you know, um, over time, uh, I had kids, um, asking me about my secret bully. Did they ever become friends again? Did the protagonist ever oh, friends yeah. a relational aggressor? And, um, they really wanted to know what happened to yeah. uh, Katie. So yeah. I decided I wanted to pick up where that story left off with confessions of a former bully. And I wanted it to be uh, the relational aggressor's personal diary with her own doodles. I love that. Because yeah. I don't want to demonize kid. Exactly. About mm-hmm. bullying behaviors. Look, we sure. all are capable of wearing, you know, the bully hat, the bystander hat, yes. target hat, right? Yep. Um, and, and I want to really um, stress, it's really important in school communities um, and with parents in the school communities, not to label kids because sure. um, we're all more than our labels. And sure. And bullying is a learned behavior and it can be unlearned yeah. with um, yeah. adult support, peer support um, yeah. to retrain that because yeah. um, we don't want to demonize kids. Right. No. And, and, you know, kind of going back to the just kidding book um, and I can't remember if I shared this story with you, but one day I have all four of my boys in the car with me and we're waiting in car line so that they can get, get out of the car to go into school. And we were there kind of early. So the school hadn't even opened up yet. And while we are waiting, these two brothers walk by and I said, Oh, do you guys know those, those kids? Cause they look to be about the same age as my two older ones. And they were in goofy moods and they said, um, Oh yeah, that's the Fartenhagen's or something like that. Something was farting and making it a last name. 
and all four of my boys just crack up. And my first reaction was like, oh, ha ha, you're so silly. That's funny saying that. But then it hit me hard. I was like, oh my gosh, if those poor kids heard you say that, that might be hurtful or embarrassing or mean. And that's, it hit me really hard. Okay. I need to like talk to you guys about how you think you're being funny. Your intention is to be funny, right? but you're not understanding that you're doing that at the expense of somebody else's emotions. And so, I mean, I was really thankful that that happened because it was a great opportunity for me to have those discussions with my kids. And that would have been one of those times that they would have been like, I'm just kidding. It's like, well, your intention, of course, is just kidding, but it can still be hurtful for somebody else. And we have to teach our kids to be aware of that big time. Yeah, there's, there's a fine line. Um, there is. Uh, and also with adults, um, yes. it can often happen with uh, parents um, teasing their kids. Yeah. And, um, and, and how I define, you know, the just, just kidding when it crosses the line is when the person um, being teased and the person doing the teasing, they can easily swap roles. There's no power yeah. imbalance. So mm-hmm. the same for a kid with an adult, if they're teasing, the kid can tease back. Yeah. But if the person shows that they're upset, um, they're nonverbal cues, or they say something like knock it off and you keep doing it, that's when you cross the line. Yeah. And, and how I explain it with kids also is if you have to put someone down to build yourself up, that's what bullying is, right? It's, it's, a yeah. Problem. And you're not actually building yourself up at all. You and know? it's uh, humor in a harmless way, not humor in a hurtful way. Right. Um, yeah. Because actually when kids are being hurtful, humor is a really good deflector um, mm-hmm. to help kids who are uh, being picked on use mm-hmm. humor in a harmless way, because it's really hard for a kid to continue being hurtful to you when they're laughing or smiling. Right. Um, and that's what high school kids are telling us too, that humor is uh, harmless humor is a good way to distract, you know, yeah. and, and to uh, change the subject, so to speak. Sure. Like redirect the conversation right. or what's right. going on. Yeah. So, I mean, that. I love all of your books because they are helpful for kids, but they are helpful for adults, you know, teenagers and adult individuals too, because even as adults, we can all and do experience these same things. Okay. So then, so you wrote that one, then just kidding. And then you wrote the confessions of a former bully. And so I have to, I have to just be honest. And it hit me really hard because it made me reflect from when I was in elementary and I think I was a bully at times and I wore the bully hat. You wore the bully hat. I did. You're right. You're right. No labels, no labels. (laughs) I acted out as a bully from time to time in certain um, friendships that I had. And I don't think I did it consistently, but that there were certain friendships that I had a role where I felt maybe superior to or smarter and it made me feel better to put someone down Mm -hmm. and I mean I feel so horrible about that now after I've been able to reflect on that um, after reading your books Um, but I think that what hit me hard with that is okay that was never my intention right and that's what the confessions of the former bully is you know like my intention was never to be to hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. And this, this is where I start talking about hurt people, hurt people. I must've been hurting in some way or another, whether it was school or something with my siblings or whatever. And it came out with me hurting somebody else. And it, it it was a pretty big eye opener for me. Oh, I'm, I'm really thankful to hear that. Um, I think 
that's a whole part is, you know, we're all works in progress. I mean, kids Correct. look at adults thinking we have all the answers and we're still trying to figure it out. Too. Little do they know. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're told, you know, um, but we're all learning from it. My big thing yes. is, look, we're making mistakes, but let's try not to repeat those mistakes. And make it productive. Yeah. Turn it around so it's productive yes. in our lifestyle. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, to give a common language um, for kids and adults um, to understand what bullying is and what bullying isn't um, because mm -hmm. bullying has become such a hot buzzword in our society, in our culture it and really in the has. media that it often tends to become overused and misused. Yeah. Um, when I was in a school in uh, Racine, Wisconsin, it was a private K through high school. And I loved how the school counselor there was giving the whole school community, the teachers, the kids, the parents, um, really a good way to discern um, different levels of hurt, right? Because mm -hmm. not all hurtful behavior is bullying. So um, we talked about rude, mean, and bullying. So if someone says something or does something hurtful, but they don't do it on purpose and they just do it once, that's rude. It's one of those, oops, did I just say that yep. out loud? I didn't sleep good last night. Yeah. Right? Or we don't think before we speak, we just blurt it out. That's yep. rude. That's not bullying. Right. And when someone says something or does something hurtful on purpose and they just do it once, that's mean. Mean is yeah. not bullying. Right. Bullying is when someone says something or does something hurtful on purpose, you show you're mad, sad, or scared, and you try to get that person to stop and they keep on doing it. Yeah. That's when you know they've crossed the line into bullying. And that's when you really yeah. need to get help. Um, when you're younger, you go to adults, a caring adult that can support you. Mm -hmm. As you get older, you tend to gravitate more towards peers because there's safety in numbers mm -hmm. and there's an alliance that you can have. And if you're included in a group, you have that support system as well yeah. as adults too. Yeah. But um, kids tend to, you know, look for more answers also with their peers as they get older. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do is also empowering the peers that they have so much more power than they think yeah. in a bullying situation. And a lot of times kids think I need to solve the problem. And what the research is showing, there was a wonderful study that was done uh, by Stan Davis, one of the founding members of the International Bullying Prevention Association and Dr. Sharice Nixon, who's a relational aggression expert. And it's called the Youth Voice Project. And they surveyed thousands of kids across the United States in upper elementary, middle and high school. And they asked kids who were being picked on, what do you want the witnesses to do when they see that you're being picked on? The top answer was not confront the kid and tell him to right. stop. They didn't right. want to risk those kids' safety. Sure. The answer was, I want you to comfort me. Yes. Let me know I don't deserve it. You could do it during, if it's not safe during, because you're worried you're going to be a target as well. Sure. Do it afterwards. Text me, email me. You know, Come up to me to and, and talk to me. Yeah. You may not, and this is what I tell kids, you may not be able to solve your friend's problem, but you can help them get through that hurt. Yes, you can be a support a good system. good friend to help kids get through tough times. Yes, which brings us to the most recent book of yours, The Power of One. Yes. Right? Um, so tell me how you got to that point with The Power of One. That, we're backtracking, that started with, <laughs> uh, the book before that was The Invisible Boy. Okay. And I, was, I wanted to show um, with the invisible boy how um, this, this is child that nobody talked to. He was intentionally and unintentionally excluded, social right. ostracism. And a new kid comes to school who's um, Korean American. And the kids make fun of that kid's lunch because it's different food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, the boy who usually gets ignored felt bad because he's thinking, which is worse, feeling invisible or being laughed being at? Being made fun of, yeah. yeah. 
And so he does what he feels safe doing. He likes to draw. So he wrote him a card saying, I thought your food looked good. And that boy in turn thanked him and then complimented him and started including him in other yes. activities. Mm -hmm. And um, what I showed in that story, and I, I, I was asked to write a, a parenting blog, and what I wrote was The Power of One. That was the title. Yeah. How um, it just takes one person to make a difference in someone else's life. Yes. And I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and I thought, that has to be another story. There, right. I have to show that. And with The Power of One, what I really wanted to show is, what is empathy? Is reading somebody's faces. Because my yes. book's really focus on social emotional learning. I want the yes. illustrations to engage the kids because yes. um, I want them to see what those feelings look like, you know, um, not only just with the words. And uh, so what I wanted to show is what empathy looks like and then how kindness is empathy in action. Mm -hmm. And then how multiple acts of kindness can lead to social or community action. And I wanted to take it down that circuit to show how it all just starts with one. With one. And it's just one of us, right? That yep. can make a difference. I love that. And you that. can be a kid, you can be any kid. You could be an average grown up like me. It just takes one person to reach out in kind ways. Right. I like how you call yourself an average person, Trudy. <laughs> You're not average. <laughs> I, well, you know, average sounds like it's a negative thing. It's not a negative thing, but it's good being average. It's good to be okay. I think it's really important because um, I think, um, you know, it's no person's perfect. And we have this, this idealism and I've had that sure. as raising my own kids. I have to be perfect. Yep. And, yeah. Um, I'm letting go of that. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's good yeah. to be just human and you make mistakes and you learn from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's why I try to share my mistakes and my learning experience sure. with kids so that they know that, you know, oh, look at this person. They still are able to accomplish things, right? Yeah. So, so um, back to bullying, because yeah. I do agree it's a buzzword right now. Um, it's been overused a lot. Um, and I like the way that, that you and that counselor were able to discern the differences. Um, what what is your advice for parents whose little one is getting bullied or um, is coming to them every day after school crying and just doesn't know what to do? Your book, My Secret Bully, and a couple of the other ones, you're, um, from what I'm gathering from your work is that they need to build confidence in right. order to say that kind of like, I'm walking away from this friendship because I deserve better type mm -hmm. statement and boundary. Um, but what if they're having a hard time building that confidence or what if they do say that, but then every day at recess, they still are getting bullied and they, it doesn't cut off the bullying. So there are several things that a parent can do. I think the first thing is, um, not telling a kid, you should say this and you need to do that. Yes, because um, you're putting an inappropriate age voice into that child. Sure. Where other kids can't relate to that kid. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think the key thing is to really listen, to make sure your kid feels safe talking to you about their problems. Yeah. There's a big difference between venting mm -hmm. and a, pro a real major problem. So the problem that we have, too, is parents also 
have emotional baggage when they're hearing what their kids are going through. And right. They over, and they may overreact. So right. you need to look for the signs. Is your kid venting or are they wanting you to help them solve the problem? Yes. And you really have to put your parental pause button in. I talk a lot about that with parents, you know, yes. is to learn how to be active listeners yes. and not lecture, not solve their problems. And also ask the kids, are you just venting or you want me to help to solve the problem? Yes. And yes. If they say I'm venting, then you need to back off, mm-hmm. right? And let them try to try on problem solving themselves. So yes. And you know what I find a lot of times, because I tell parents the same thing. You ask from the get go, do you want me to just listen or share some of my thoughts when you're done telling me what's going on. And they always say, I just want you to listen, but Oh, you know, nine times out of 10, by the end of them venting, they say, so mom, what do I do? Or, you know, so they still do want your engagement, you know, but then that's a good time for parents to say, well, what do you think you should do? And encourage the child to brainstorm first, you know? Right. And then the other thing is look for signs if your kids are, are scared to go to school or they avoiding going to school. But if they have mm-hmm. no problem and they're still chipper going to school, even when they're yeah. venting, that's yeah. a good sign that they're just that venting, is. right? Yes. Yes. But if they are having this tummy aches and they're not feeling that safe, yes. going to school, what I would do is when they share their problems and saying, that sounds like a really difficult problem. Um, share a personal story that they can relate to that they're not alone because some kids feel like they're the only ones going through this and it helps them read to- read a book read a good yes, book a by book. Trudy <laughs> uh, or read it proactively before there's a problem because this mm-hmm. is a great way to generate conversations in a safe yes. setting yeah the other thing is ask your child who at school do you feel safe with mm. we need to talk to someone but you want to give that child the power you're not going to say I'm going to go up to so-and-so I'm going to go to the principal I'm going to go to this person right there may be a teacher that doesn't get it. There are a lot of adults mm-hmm. that just don't get it and they can make the problem worse in their efforts right. to try to help or to ignore it or just saying, right. oh, kids will be kids. Or minimizing it, yeah. Sensitive, right? So I would always encourage the parent to ask the child, give some power to the child and say, who at the school, we really need to address this. So who at the school do you think is safe? And if they don't have an answer, you can say, well, why don't we start with the school counselor or the social mm-hmm. worker? Now, the reason why I say this is because what you all don't know is that the kid who is bullying your child may be bullying other kids. Chances are they're also bullying other kids. And because of confidentiality, the schools can't share all that, but the school counselor knows this information. So by sharing this information, that's more ammunition for the school to deal with the parents of the kid who's bullying. The parents may be living in the river of denial about their kids, like my little don't do anything wrong. My child would never. Right. And chances are, if you got a queen bee girl, you may have a queen bee mama role modeling that behavior at Ain't home. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot more store history that the school may be aware of about yeah. that student. The other thing I would highly recommend is for you to um, share with your child. There's usually some other friend that your child may have in their life, even if they don't have as many friends. And it's we're into qu- quality, not quantity. It doesn't you don't need to have a whole lot of friends. It's great. Right. I always refer to that friend as the emotional barometer. Who is that friend that you feel that you can make mistakes with and you, or you have problems, but you work it out, you work out their problems. Who's the friend you feel safe going to when you have a problem? Who's the one that makes you laugh? And then you, you hold that person up, that child up as the shining emotional barometer example of would Susie, that wonderful friend of yours ever treat you the way Beth treats you? No. Well, what does that tell you about Beth? 
I guess yeah. Beth isn't that good of a friend. And right. once you help them understand where they place that kid, then they're going to realize, okay, this is a person I don't feel safe sharing information with. They use uh, it to turn around. This is the other person that I need to be closer to. So now, they redirect where they put their energy and friendships. Right, right. Yes. The other thing is if it's happening at school, it's really important for you to make sure your kids meet kids outside of a school environment that are yes. other kids and other activities. Focus on the uh, interests of your kid. If they're into art or into sports or into um, visual arts or theater, um, make sure that they're part of some groups so that they have Get an other group that they can, mm -hmm. right, that they have this other counter group that they can deal with. Um, if yes. your child doesn't feel safe going to school, then you're going to have to say, listen, you know, this is not okay. It happened to me. Um, you don't deserve to be treated this way. Let's, let's meet with, and then you come up with the idea and then check yeah. into the school. Find out what the bullying policy, bullying prevention policy is at the school. Yeah. All schools have them. It's, you know, 50 states have anti-bullying laws. Right. All schools are mandated to follow. Yeah. It gets to the point where there's still no solution and you feel like the, um, the administrators in the school, you go up above them. Then you go to the next tier. You know, you mm -hmm. keep moving up the tier. Like into the, the school office, board and staff. Office, mm -hmm. the superintendent. If you find that you're not getting an answer, I've, I have had um, parents um, that have actually moved their kids to another school um, yeah. to get a start where they, they can thrive. I have too, yeah. And I've, I've talked to those parents um, and they said, what is your biggest regret? And their biggest regret was that they had not done it sooner. I've had that really response. I wish I had yeah. done it sooner. Yeah. Because you're going to be in, in toxic situations when you have toxic leadership. It's just like parents, what you find when you have dysfunctional parents, you're going to yeah. have dysfunctional kids, right? Yeah. So sometimes you have to just be that advocate to move that child if you're not seeing any progress. Um, yes. And yeah, it I, I think that progress, it takes time because you're trying to help the child sure. with the bullying behavior. Yeah. I think that that one can be a fine line too, because I have some clients who just bit bop around to different schools every time there's a problem. And no. that's not what we want, right? No, we no. want to teach our kids to build the confidence to get through it. And if they're not able to get through it, or like you said, there's no change. And we, we have to step in and talk to some administrators. And if they are not taking it seriously, then it's the time to move schools. Right. But you no. do have to go through those steps first, because otherwise you're doing your kids a disservice of not building resilience and confidence right. and strength by just fixing the problem by moving them to a different right. school. And if it's, if it's, if the child is having serious deep seated issues, it's really important to have professional counseling from folks yes. like you right. to help them to build the skill set. Um, they'll need more than the skills that they have and, and more yeah. than what the parents can provide. Yeah. Um, the other thing I recommend, you know, if it's not deep seated is to role play with your kid. Um, yes. A lot of kids, and that's what I did in my story, uh, Confessions of a Former Bully, is mm -hmm. role play for the kids so that they can find their own age appropriate voice on how to respond without being cruel back. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do when I visit schools is I literally invite kids on to the stage to insult me yeah. and to keep insulting me yeah. until they can't do it anymore. And right. so I show the tools. I have eight um, empower, what I call empower skill tools. Yeah. Some tools work, some tools doesn't, but it's a way... Um, it's a way to help kids know that there are other choices than just ignore it because ignoring yeah, yeah. doesn't really help and it can often make the problem worse. It, yeah. Kids. Yeah. So, um, and, and oftentimes they may not be able to walk away. Um, that's right. one 
schools walk away. You don't have to stand there and take it, hang out with kids. Yeah. Safe. But what if it's a, 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 you know, a different kind of situation where you can't walk away. There's some other distracting tools to help you to get away in the meantime, and then pay attention to all those kids that witness it. Ask your kid, were there any bystanders who witnessed what had happened? Because it can be a big, he said, she said situation with um, the kids. Cause oftentimes it's alpha kids. It could be the popular kids that the yes. schools already <laughs> support. And right. you, can, you have to find out who the witnesses are, right? Yeah. Um, and you then need some backup, some people to back you up. That's why mm-hmm. Bystanders are really important upstanders, you know, yeah. uh, superhero bystanders in this. Yeah. And educate yeah. kids on the roles that we all play and um, how we could change those outcomes um, in yeah. ways. And ask kids for their advice. Um, yes. Adults, we're so good at giving advice. Mm-hmm. What we're really bad at is checking in to find out if our advice is actually working. If it's helping. <laughs> and that's what I tell parents and teachers. I say, you better check in because you're leaving yeah. that kid flailing in the wind. Right, right. And they're less likely to go back and talk right. to you about it, right? Exactly. They might think that your advice is the only advice that there is and it didn't work. So now I'm on my own. Yeah, Um exactly. Okay. So I have two more thoughts that I want to ask you about. Sure. So, and I can only go off of my experience with my kids. Um, but we do some of this stuff or I try to do some of this stuff just with the siblings. So, you know, I have four boys and so there's a lot of um, fighting sometimes or disagreements or, um, kind of pestering and not stopping. And, and so I'm very, one of the things that I try to do, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I could be totally wrong, Trudy, and I, I need to switch it up. But I, if someone comes to me and says, mom, trip is being mean to me, won't let me play or something like that. Then I say, uh, what do I say? I usually say, um, uh, well, then don't go play with him. If he's being mean to you, then then he's not, I wouldn't want to play with him either or something along those lines. Like maybe you shouldn't play with him right now. Maybe he's in a bad mood and you should go find something else to do because, you know, we don't want to play with people who aren't nice to us, you know? And then I kind of let him, the other one, the younger one or whoever go find something else to do. And then we come back together later and have discussions on it and kind of unfold the story and what was going on. And I'll talk to the other one who was being mean um, separately and talk about what's going on with you because hurt people hurt people and you know, that sort of thing. But I think that stuff like that can happen just within your own household before they even are in school. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Am I okay doing that? I think you are okay doing <laughs> okay. that. I think that's a normal thing. We don't want to encourage people to keep knocking on a closed door. Right. That's the other part is, um, Another example would be uh, a parent who says, my friend wants to be friends with the popular group and they won't let them. So isn't the popular group being relationally aggressive? I said, well, here's the thing. We're not all going to be on the A-list. You know, that's the reality of life, right? Well, Um, yeah, we're not all going to like each other either. People who don't want to be friends with you. Why not close door? I said, that's not relational aggression. It's like, we're not going to be friends with everyone. And I think that's a myth. Um, the, the adults say, oh, in our community, we're all friends. I'm not friends with everyone I work with. Are you friends with everyone you work with? Nope. <laughs> I'm nope. not friends with some of my and family that, that's members. just that, Right. That's just unrealistic. 
And it's, yeah, it's almost a fantasy, like leading our kids to believe this dream world or fantasy yeah, that yeah, everyone gets right along off. and everything. Yeah. 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 Not and realistic. That is um, an unhealthy approach way of thinking. Yeah. My, my approach is look, just also as with your family unit or community, because your, your family unit is it's mini microcosm. Little community, cosmic, yeah. Right? And in communities where a bunch of people we like, sometimes not, some, a lot of times, yes, sometimes no. Yeah. Um, but we're here for a common goal. We support each yes. achieve a common goal. Just like you're there in a work city, you're going to be put with people you normally may not want to be around at that right. particular time, but you're there for a common goal. Now, right. there are moments where kids aren't going to include everyone yeah. um, and they're kids that are having a tough time. So kids need to learn to read other kids' physical, their nonverbal, yeah. and also uh, their verbal cues. Yeah. If they're saying, uh, no, I don't want to play with you, why would you want to play with somebody who doesn't want to play with you? Exactly. Do something else. And I don't want to force a kid to always, they say, but what you could say is, look, it sounds like you were having a tough time. What's going on? Rather than chastising that kid, you weren't doing this. Or you need to be nice to your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Your brother noticed that you were not in a really good mood. Is something going on with you? So you can approach it that way because he was was worried about you. So it's your concern, right? And that, that also has like longer effects. So we can say like, you need to be nice to your brother. And it might in that moment, fix if you maybe um but the long-term effects it won't it'll just be a little band-aid and it actually probably won't work either so um frame how you're approaching yeah in your discussions I think yeah you know um, yeah it it sounds like um he he sensed that uh you really didn't want to be around him and it sounds and he sensed that you know you didn't seem happy is everything okay is yeah talk about it because you know, you're, you know, what is the younger boy's name? So say Paul, Paul was yeah. really concerned. You know, he wants to make sure because yeah. he loves you. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that, that's, I don't know if that's guilt. <laughs> it might be a little bit of guilt, but I, I, okay. you know, I think guilt can be very productive, right? I, no, I We're not giving him a guilt trip to manipulate him. No. We are sharing with him what's going on. And if his reaction is guilt, that's a good thing because yes, he has yes. remorse and, and emotions for his brother. But, um, and I will just share that 10 times out of 10, that turns into whenever I go to big brother and I say, Hey, Jed was really upset because you wouldn't let him play soccer. So that tells me that maybe you're in a bad mood. Are you tired from school? Did something happen? Blah, blah, blah. And he will come back and he will say, yeah, I'm, I've had a horrible day and I just wanted some alone time. And why does he have that? You know? And so it turns into a very productive conversation that is, is just helpful moving forward for him and me and everyone. So, um, okay. My next question is what do you do? And what did you do, uh, when you are friends with the kids that are not being nice to your kids' Other- parents? Yeah. Like situations like that. I know I've been in situations like that where I'm really good friends with the mom, but her kid is being a stinker to my kid and Ooh, that can get sensitive. So what is, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So when you're a parent and you're friends with the uh, parent of the other parent, um, and that's a tough one because um, I've had situations. It's very rare. You, you have to have a really good relationship with that parent to risk bringing up, you know, your son or daughter is having an issue because that can backfire. Cause again, it's really quick. 
It's the Papa really Bear, quick. Bear syndrome. Yep. I actually had that situation happen. Okay. A parent came up to me and said that, um, you know, your daughter is being rather um, hurtful to my daughter. And um, how would you feel if I, if I talked to her about it? And I actually said, I'm fine with that because I yeah. knew the parent well enough to yeah. have a conversation with my daughter. Yeah. So what if you don't have that deep of a relationship? What if you don't have that relationship? What I would recommend a couple things. A, um, play dates at your house so you can monitor what's going on. Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. important um, because you don't know what the rules are for the family. And that way you can, you can't control what's going on in somebody else's house. And it may be the parent is just oblivious because I know as a parent, when my kids have play dates, it was my time to get my chores done. Right. So yeah. you're not seeing everything, right? Just because right. you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Right, right. So the big thing is, is he's putting this child on the radar for you and you know that the parent's not really doing anything. So what you could say is, um, these are the rules in our house. When this happens, um, we're going to have to cut the play date early. And um, I'll just let your parent know what had happened and that we mm-hmm. had to end the play date. And it sounds like mm-hmm. your son was having a bad day. You know, leave it like that. You know, uh-huh. our kids uh-huh. always have some bad days. Um, the other thing would be is to, if the kids also go to the same school, is talk with yeah. the school counselor. Because okay. again, the likelihood is that kid is also being hurtful to other kids. Right, right. It, it, and that's what I tell kids. It's nothing personal in some ways. In some ways yeah. it isn't. Is that um, when you're being targeted, I said, pay attention to how they're treating other people around. Yes. So it, it takes the personalization down a notch. So it, yes. it's less emotional for that child. And they go, oh. They're being mean to so-and-so and so-and-so. They're right. just not being nice people. <laughs> yeah. Know? And that's, a, you know, that's when I go into something must be going on in yes. his or her world yes. that they, they can't be kind right now. Yes. And, and a part of us has to feel for them for that. It doesn't make it okay, but we can, it stings a little less when we know that there's something going on in their world that is not helping them think in a healthy way or an act right. in and a I- kind manner. And that's where uh, the bystander or a person who's targeted and, and it sees it happening on and off and just saying, um, I'm just, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, do you have any tips and ask the school counselor? Cause they may give you some, a little bit more information yeah. to help you in dealing it or understanding the background to be more compassionate about the situation, yeah. but you don't want to have your kid be the, what is it? The guinea pig for, you know, sure. that has an issue. Like my child has issues and your kid's a really nice kid. So can he be with them? And you end up having your kid being the kid that the kid is picking Like on. the punching bag. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to have yeah. anyone be an emotional or physical punching bag for another no. child. Right. Uh, but um, you could also ask that parent and said, this is something I've seen. I'm just curious, you know, do you have any suggestions on how I can handle it? Because um, you know your son best. Yeah. Um, you know your son best. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah. so it's paying honor and respect to that parent rather than yeah. putting on defensive you know what your kid just did and saying um, yeah this is something that happened um I'm curious um how would you recommend I handle it because this is your child and I want to be respectful to your parenting yeah I like that what about if you could just right off the bat this is what's going on in my head and this could be again tell me if I'm wrong but kind of taking the blame for your own child as well so like kind of Hey, I'm not sure how it got to this point. Um, I'm sure my son had something to do with it, but you know, he told me that this situation happened at school or this situation happened at the play date and it really hurt my son's feeling, but you know, 
what are your thoughts on that? Is everything going okay with your son? And, you know, something along the lines of like, my son might've had a part in it too, kind of like, this is a joint effort thing. Or do you think that that's not, that's like, I kind of feel like you're, he may not have had something to do with it. Sure. Yeah. I guess I was, I say that, I say that in a, um, in like, like a, has a piece of a pie kind of thing. The owner owns something of that piece well, of pie. Kind of like, you know, in relationships, a lot of times it's not just one person, it's two, the both of the people that might have a part in it. And so I kind of sit there and say, I don't know everything. So I'm sure my son maybe have, has said something hurtful to him or, or my son is a part of it in a way too. And I'd like your help in trying to figure out what's going on with their friendship something like that. So that you're taking ownership for, you know, my part. And I don't know. What do you think? I kind of feel like that you're might be minimizing. Okay. it a little bit much because um, kids are going to have confrontations. Yeah. And they've got to learn how to negotiate those. So if they have the parents trying to, I think, and I guess that's not, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean like mom, the moms fix the problem. Okay. I meant using that as a soft way to bring it up to the mom. Well, it could be, it could be a good way. I think the other thing too, is um, asking your child, were there any witnesses at school? Yes. I do think that's very um, helpful because then you can get more gather information about what, what do they see happen? And that way you can say, Hey, um, we're hearing from the school that some kids had reported and you don't name the names and they can't, but they noticed that this, they observed this was happening back and forth. Did your son bring it up? I'm curious because my son brought it up. I'm curious if yes. your son brought it up. Uh, what do you think about this? You know, what, yeah. you know, and then give them the opportunity to talk and see how receptive they are. They yes. shut down and then, then you're going to have to back off and then go to the school and say, you know, I've heard, this is what's going on. I, right. I don't know how to approach the parent. Yeah. I don't want to cause more problems for our kids. Who I'm friends with. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, that, and that, that's okay. I've had to do yes. that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, but I think that's kind of put, thing. put the pressure on the school rather than on your friendship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and here's yeah. the other thing I've done. Cause um, this is a situation. Um, I'm v- very good friends with the woman and um, still very good friends with her. But when our kids were in elementary school, her daughter was just not nice. And the mom yeah. was very, very defensive about her uh-huh. and, and her daughter was just not a happy person. And, yeah. um, it got to the point where she would say things about my daughter. I would say things about her daughter and we got mm-hmm. so frustrated. I said, you know what? Um, some kids, just because we're friends doesn't mean our kids have to be friends. And I value yes. our friendship so much yes. that maybe we need to just to get together and not put our kids in a situation where we can socialize that they have to socialize. I and have I, had to do that too. Yeah, and, and that's something that you could do with that parent yep. that you're friends with, because at, at that certain point, you just say, you know, um, it's not your kid is a good kid. My kid is yeah. a good kid. But you know how sometimes they, some people just like adults cannot bring out the best in each other. And, and they're just not clicking. They're yeah. not clicking right now. So let's, yep. let's give them a breather. Yep. And let's just get together. And I think that would be even a better way to handle it. I do too. And, and I have had to do that also yeah. is kind of, yeah. uh, keep my friendships going, but not drag my kids to all the hangouts, yes. Yes. you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that oh that my goodness. a safer way to do it too. I do too. You're, you're going to have a parent that would just will not 
do anything. Just is, is not in the headspace to not get defensive. And right. you don't know how that, that parent, when they get the information, they may not be defensive, but may be so ashamed that they really go down hard on their kid yeah. and then the kid resents it and then takes it more out, out on, on your kid. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you have to be careful about that. That's why I yeah. would say, like, let's just take a break. Have you noticed that there, there's a friction between the two of them? Yeah. Is yeah. It, I don't let's just me and you get coffee while yeah, they're yeah, at yeah, school. Yeah. Let's give them, <laughs> sometimes we all need a break, you know? Just, yeah we joke about it. It's like sometimes, you know, as my sister-in-law would say, you know, you get allergic to your husband every now and then he gets a little allergic to you and you need a little break. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And you yeah. Yeah. I love that. And maybe I they just that. that break. And there yeah. may be a lot of pressure for them to be friends because you're friends. Yes. Yes. I, and yep. I a hundred percent agree. I like that option. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Thank you so much, Trudy, for sharing all of your, your work and, and your wisdom on all of this. Um, for my listeners, the first book we were talking about is called My Secret Bully. The most recent one is The Power of One, but all of Trudy's books are about empathy and kindness and, and how to build some confidence for people who are hurting and aren't kind all the time. So thank you, Trudy, for sharing this time with me and talking all about this. It was truly my pleasure. It was so easy to talk with you. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Absolutely. So if you guys are liking what you're hearing, I would love it if you could give me some feedback. Actually, scratch that. Even if you, especially if you don't like what you're hearing. I love feedback. Even if it's not the nicest, I want to hear all about it. Even if it's about crappy audio or I edited something weird or I said a word in a weird way which that does happen sometimes anything or I'm smacking my gum which I'm trying not to do I'm trying not to have gum when I record um anything or if I'm saying um too much or talking too much whatever I want to hear it and so before you go just hey that's like that song I love that song can I sing you want me to sing it for you so before you go you know what i mean was there something i could have said to make your heart beat better if only i'd have known you had a storm to weather i think i'm gonna make that like my theme song well i can't make it my theme song but so before you go was there something i could have said to make it all stop hurting kills me how your mind can make you feel so worthless so before you go i like that (laughs) for those of you who don't know me i love to sing even if i shouldn't so there you go Leave me a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. I would love it. I would really appreciate it. Write me, DM me, whatever. Go to the link in my bio on Instagram at The Mom Therapist, and there's a tab there that says Ask Tessa. You can literally call in a question or comment or feedback or whatever. Just let me know. I love interacting with people, and because of COVID, I haven't had the chance to do that as much. So, yeah. Yeah talk to me. 